Hi, it's John Amundsen, and I want to welcome you to the next podcast in our series of podcasts presented by the Psychologist Association of Alberta. The purpose of the podcast is to present information timely, topical, and even controversial to the membership. I'm not quite sure why I led in with that sublime song, other than it has to do with uh, mystical kind of stuff and predicting and knowing what's coming and not what's coming. And our podcast is a little bit about that today. Um, uh, we're going to speak about a particular article that inspired the podcast. It was on the Journal of the Psychology of Consciousness, and it was, uh, Be Careful What You Wish For. And uh, I won't go into the whole title or the authors, uh, but it twigged, uh, it, it, it triggered, it twigged, I don't know, what's a word, eh? It somehow sparked me, because most recently my idée fixe has been with uh, uh, Sapolsky. Uh, Sapolsky is a neuroscientist from Stanford, and he's recently published a new book called Determined. And I was able to listen to a whole uh, series of podcasts, some as long as like an hour and a half, uh, regarding the premise of his book and also his basic position uh, regarding determinism. Uh, his role as a forensic scientist providing testimony in court. His role as a forensic scientist looking at uh, the predispositions in individuals uh, relative to patterns of behavior and on and on and on. So uh, before we go to Sapolsky, which leads into the actual article, the um, Be Careful What You Wish For, um, I, I think we want to go back a little bit to William James. Uh, William James was one of the uh, uh, grandparents, uh, godparents of contemporary psychology, and during his youth he kept a journal. And there was a period of time where his journal had uh, entries that pertained to determinism versus free will. Now, apparently he was uh, depressed, and the depression he grounded in this sense of, do I have free will or am I determined? In other words, are my actions predisposed based upon my, my biology, my genetics, and all the factors that would converge upon me? And in his journal, it was apparently the case that one day he would write, today I, I'm going to kill myself, because this was when he believed he had no free will. It depressed him. And then he would say the next day, I'm not going to kill myself because certain events might take place that would enliven him or ennoble him in some way that made him feel like he had free will. Finally, it is uh, the case that William James resolved the deterministic versus free will question by saying, whether I have free will or not, I will choose to believe I have free will. Determinists would say, yeah, why not? If you are predisposed to believe that, that is, have enough um, alacrity, um, ability to engage in a variety of behaviors that provide a feeling, or what the determinists would say, an illusion of free will, then that's not a bad thing to believe in. So they would talk about belief in free will as being a convenient and very useful fiction. Now, um, we'll return a little bit to Sapolsky. And Sapolsky's position is that uh, there are biological, genetic, and early developmental, and then going forward, social-cultural 
uh, institutions that will determine our behaviors. He's really big on the biological end of it. Uh, though he's a big fan of what we psychologists believe, which is the, the shaping of behavior in early childhood through the adverse childhood events. He's a, a big guy on ACEs and his neuroanatomical fixation is on the frontal cortex. So what he talks about is the biological determinants that are part of our nervous system, the potentiating of genetics through our environment. You guys have well, who's heard this? I mean, have you listened to me? But I've always said the only reason Mozart was Mozart was because there was a spinet in the parlor. So the potentiating impact of having a spinet in the household and then the encouragement, support, or whatever of his family uh, made him Mozart. If there had been no spinet, uh, he, he, he would uh, not have been Mozart. All right, so, so we know there are <clears throat> potentiating factors in the environment that bring out what is predetermined and uh, uh, predetermined uh, potentially. All right, so, so Sapolsky is big on, uh, on the, the frontal cortex. And uh, one area of his research is he, he speaks to uh, criminal offenders. And he's been involved in the most horrendous, awful cases where people have engaged in horrible, horrible acts uh, against fellow humans. And, and also um, themselves have manifest a history of being the subject of terrible, terrible events. Uh, I did a podcast on Charles Manson a while back, and we look at Charles Manson's history, uh, the things that took place, and uh, it consistent with one of Sapolsky's positions is a statement allegedly Manson made when he had served, he'd served a long sentence, and he said, just keep me here, don't let me out, knowing that he had a predeterminant quality for um, madness, mayhem, and the violence that he was uh, connected with. Uh, and that's uh, uh, Sapolsky's position. He says, no, he says, we need to set up structures. He's a big guy morally and in terms of social activism that will protect people from their predeterminate features, from their ways of going forward and potentially uh, being of harm to themselves or others. Uh, uh, what did he say? He said, I think 70% of the men that he studied on death row had had significant head injuries. Now, I don't know what that means, what his cutoff was, but concussive events and head injuries. And we see this in the um, uh, athletes who have had traumatic brain injury that then go on to have a reduction in capacity to self-regulate or control um, impulsive behaviors. At any rate, so this is Sapolsky's uh, stuff. Now, um, taking, taking it forward, uh, we want to um, go to the actual article. And the article references uh, a guy named, and I want to pronounce it, I think the way it'd be pronounced in French, Laplace, L-A, capital P-L-A-C-E. And he was a, I think, 15th, 16th century philosopher. And, and he spoke about the demon. And what he meant by the demon would be if there was something underneath all of our <clears throat> moving through life that could, one, uh, look at all the contents and all the pieces, all the things that come together that would constitute the ground, the structure, the foundation out of which our behavior comes, and then um, know the laws. 
all of the biological and physical laws that affect the way those structures function in the world, biologically and, and socially and culturally, and then had a, a big enough mind, like a huge uh, capacity to arrange that data, they could then uh, predict with certainty the, the kinds of behaviors coming forth. And we, and we do see this to some extent in psychology today. Uh, there are, um, uh, Marnie Rice is the one that comes to mind, and her ability to predict recidivism in uh, sexual offenders. And she says, I don't have to meet them. I don't have to talk to them. I can look at the actuarials and predict with almost perfect certainty those who are most likely <clears throat> to, to re-offend. Now, <clears throat> we also see this in the prediction of <clears throat> contact and interaction with the legal system in children raised <clears throat> in impoverished circumstances. Um, I, sorry, I'm referencing something without truly referencing it, but a researcher out of Minnesota was able to predict 100% youth who were raised in subsidized and impoverished housing circumstances based on their actuaries, that is the things around them, 100% those that would be in contact with the legal system. So we do see this deterministic stuff that, that goes, goes forward. Now, um, uh, again, Sapolsky is a, is a guy who's, you know, his social policy and his social justice is there, and he says, we, we can't, um, where free will doesn't exist, where there is no free will, we can't act as if it's in place. So individuals that go forward and engage in, in behaviors and acts that are, that are predetermined by their biology, by their genetics, and by their shaping, uh, you know, he says, um, did, if, it's, if it's a horrendous axing murder, did that take, was the cause three minutes ago? Was the cause, you know, uh, uh, 30 minutes ago? Was it three years ago? Was it 3,000 years ago? Meaning the way our brains are structured. See, his argument for predetermination is, is exactly reflected in the fact we just can't seem to get it right regarding um, uh, war and uh, conflict of uh, a national level between groups. So he would say, you know, these are some predispositions that exist within us that ought to be curtailed, you know, through social institutions and structures that would protect us. Now, let me, let me take this to the, to the money shot and, and to the thing, right? And that is the article. Because what, what this guy writes about in the article, it's really great because he says, okay, if you guys deterministic, you scientists, and you guys are going to say, we're going to look at this, you know, live it stuff, we're going to look at how your brain already is making decisions that you don't even know it's making, how you're engaging in behaviors that, that you're, you think you can take responsibility for, uh, or, or, you know, either take responsibility uh, relative to the good things, you know, Amundsen sitting here doing his podcast, and he's an old man, his brain still works, and I can sit here and say, ain't he a fine old fella? has nothing to do with that. It has to do with whatever other predetermined predispositions that are existing within me. Uh, so um, what he says is if you want to move away from that, then we go back to the demon. And that means that there may be underlying, and I use the term um, intuitive meta-processes that are taking place that could even support precognition. Okay, precognition, that if there is a sufficient demonic quality to an individual's ability to read 
and see and, and sense. Again, we go to the, you know, the, the contents, uh, the laws, uh, big mind, and then a certainty. Uh, these determinate scientists might have to say, yes, precognition, that this is ESP, <coughs> this is parapsychology, might actually be in place. That a person will say, oh, clearly I knew that was going to happen, or clearly here's uh, the way those things came together, because I know all these pieces. So there would be an intuitive meta uh, cognition that would allow uh, uh, us to predict the future, to, to know what is coming. And that's the argument in the article, that if you're going to be this deterministic, you might have to go where Laplace has gone and think that maybe there is that ability in some to actually arrange those pieces and know what is coming.